Welcome to the Peace at Home podcast. I'm your co-host, Sinan. And I'm Jamie. And we're joined by a guest. It's Lila. Say hi, Lila. Hi, Lila. Okay, good. We're off to a good start, a cooperative start. I'm here to cause problems. (laughs) I think I will cause problems on purpose. And the music's by Jordan. Yes, the music's by Jordan. Although who last still, who lot- still hasn't fucking DM'd me back to see if he wants to be on that episode last the what? last time we recorded. Fuck Jordan. Although last time I think we could acknowledge that it was a, technically partially true because I did play I did I did play music from Good the Bad the before um before <laughs> the intro music because I I had just been to watch Metallica at the cinema because at my partner's insistence that I go watch with her, which I did. Um, why, why Metallica is that by Metallica? Is it that song? No, it's not by. Me- well, Metallica have done a cover of it, but um, <laughs> I know it's not by Metallica. Yeah. They've done a cover, so I could have used the Metallica cover. But... They were just down at the local Audion with a bunch of violins, just <laughs> yeah, banging it out. <laughs> that would have been fucking great. Uh, no, it's a song they come out to when they're live. But anyway, um, <laughs> right, we got to. Well, last time it was what it was—the coalition of chaos between the extremely secular party and also the party that wanted to force women to wear headscarves. Yeah. So that that coalition uh, that's, will that's come sens- to that's sensible adult compromise, baby. Yeah, the sensible <laughs> adult compromise was to move a statue of a naked lady because it might arouse people too much <laughs> oh, to another part. Put, they should just put her in a headscarf. That would have been yeah. better. That was, to be fair, an actual suggestion at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there was one sane person. At least. <laughs> yeah, it was. It it was not well received by the sculptor. What was the What was the argument? It wasn't that like people would just be like fucking overcome with passion immediately or something like that. Well, that was the joke argument that I made. It was oh, that right. it was it was that it was like morally indecent. Can't, can't believe I learned the wrong thing from the podcast. Yeah. Like that's can't, never happened before. Can't, can't believe a person who's who's, like, routinely not serious about stuff they talk about may not have been ser- entirely serious. <laughs> I mean, that is fundamentally the ideological basis of, like, conservative religious opposition to, like, to that kind of artistic expression, which is that it turns them on. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, that, also that fucking, why... That, that's... Remember that guy on Twitter who was mad about, like, tampon strings in adverts? Yes, I do, sadly. <laughs> I, it's It's... it's it's like it's like the same thing as the thumb guy getting mad at trans people <laughs> in video games. It's because I I fully believe it's just that he's like, what if a trans person was hot? What then? Yeah. It would be fine. It, it would be fine. Quite regularly, world, so. it, do, it, it does. It yeah. does. It really does. Yeah. Like the world would. I, I'm gonna guess the world would keep on spinning, and like you wouldn't have to find them attractive. If you did, that's you know that's your business. But you know. I, I should actually, I should go and look if that fucking guy has played Baldur's Gate, because oh, I feel like the character creator has. in that would give him a fucking aneurysm. But this is yeah. another one. All these people are such fucking fake gamers just pretending to impress boys, because <laughs> all of these games have all had fucking, like, gay people and trans people. We've had dick sliders in video games since Saints Row 2, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... God, Saints Row 2, that is a banger game as well. Um... Anyway, um, before before I talk about like what my follow up to Peace at Home is going to be, which is talking about video game soundtracks from the two thousands, uh, Jamie, are you okay? Sorry, yeah, just sorry. They're all fake gamers trying to impress boys. Just fucking killed me. <laughs> they should make a shirt with that. And this is on Twitter. You would have got a bunch of bots being. Yeah. Like, 
<laughs> oh, I don't miss it. It's really weird. I got banned and I don't miss it. <laughs> My brain has healed somewhat. Yeah, it's quite... I'm not on it nearly as much and I do feel like I'm a somewhat better human being. Yeah. And also Blue Sky's like better. <laughs> they, they actually they have actually given me access to the fucking i could go and look up the password for the uh the, the praxis cast twitter and I, I don't want it anymore now that they've given me it <laughs> can i have it <laughs> okay well I, I mean i haven't checked with the rest of the podcast but i think they'd probably be all right with it yeah <laughs> right before we do any sharing of passwords uh we stopped <laughs> yeah i'll right just before. read it out on the episode yeah just read it out and i don't censor it at Every, all. everyone else has to just <laughs> Pinky swear not to use it. I mean, if you want to say it and have me bleep it out, I mean, I think that'd be a funny bit, but I'm not sure it's a great idea. Hang on, I'll just um, read it out of this DM that you've just sent me. <laughs> but I was, but what we were going to talk about, we got to Turkey's invasion of Cyprus, which, like, I, I conspicuously do not really talk about foreign policy on the uh, on the podcast, mainly because it's fucking boring. Uh, but when there's an invasion of an entire island, I think it's probably kind of entertaining. But I, I but I realised when I was doing the research for this, and I did actually do research for this, contrary to the notes. I um, I do actually ha- I did actually do research on this. Unfortunately, this is a story that involves Britain. Uh oh. Which is bad news. So yeah. we're gonna do like five minutes max background on Cyprus. So Cyprus. It's an island off the coast of Turkey and Lebanon and Syria and all these other places. It's a big island, right? That's it. That's all I know about it. That's good. Um, no, yeah. Um, it's also, uh, it was home of Aphrodite, I think, in Greek mythology. So there you go. Uh, but also, it was an Ottoman possession from like 1513. And then it was administered on the Ottoman Empire's behalf by Britain in exchange for British assistance against um, the Russians in the Crimean War. But also, it was technically part of Egypt. This is not complicated at all, is it? No. (laughs) But And Egypt was technically independent, but also a vassal of the Ottomans, but was also administered by Britain. Does this make sense? Is this this making sense to anyone? I mean, it's not just Britain is causing problems as usual, right? Yeah, Yeah, this this is Britain causing problems as usual. Now, the, the, the island has two really significant communities. One, the majority community is a Greek, largely Orthodox community, and the other one is a Turkish, largely Muslim community. And the Greeks generally are in the majority on the island for most of its modern history. Well, all of its modern history. I don't even think there was a period where it was close. So usually the ratio is like one-third to two-thirds. So the island eventually becomes independent in 1960 because Britain has been told by America that it's not allowed to have colonies anymore. Um, And also by the Soviet Union, incidentally. So both of the big countries were like, you're not allowed to have colonies anymore, Britain, Belgium, France, etc. And then they were kind of like, well, we could say no, or we could be turned into radioactive vapour. So we're going to say yes. Um, Oh, we could say yes. Or, or we could turn Britain into radioactive vapor. That'd be fine. Decolonize and make Britain vapor again. But the thing is, Britain fucked it up on the way out. So there were a series of negotiations between the communities because there was already communal violence on Cyprus prior to independence. And the negotiations were basically like, 
You know, like how in Northern Ireland, the biggest unionist and the biggest nationalist party have to be in government together, right? Yeah. Yeah. They kind of did like a prequel to that, where they were like, okay, so here's the deal. We have a president of Cyprus, and that is always a Greek person. Right? That's, that's always a Greek person. Mm-hmm. And we have a vice president of Cyprus, who is always a Turkish Cypriot person. And the vice president is allowed to veto laws. So the Turkish Cypriots are allowed to um, veto laws that the parliament passes because, well, what if the parliament says we want to shoot all Turkish people in the head? Yeah. You know, that extreme example, but, you know. And also, they, you, there are 10 ministers in the Cypriot government under this arrangement. Three of them are Turkish, seven of them are Greek. Uh, and the three Turkish ones are nominated by the vice president. All makes sense, right? This is... But the Greek Cypriots are kind of mad for two reasons. One is they think Turkish Cypriots are being given way too much political power right. for a, as a minority community. They're like, well, why don't we? Why can't we just have proportionate political power? I guess we might find out. Um, <laughs> we might be about to find out why. The other thing is that Greek Cypriots, the there were, there, so there were a lot of different political attitudes as to what the course should be for Cyprus. But among the Greek Cypriots, the most popular was the idea of enosis, which means union or, you know, unity or whatever. Yeah. And so their idea was, we get the Brits out, great, I'm with you, and then they join Greece. They, they, they join Greece. And that made Turkish people a little anxious for reasons that this podcast has probably explained, because whenever Greece and Turkey have a dispute over an island, the solution is usually for one community to be forced to leave the island and go back to the other country. And in this case, it's pretty reasonable to expect that would be the Turkish people, given that they were in the minority. Right. So, so you, and the Turkish, so for completion, the main Turkish line of thought was uh, a philosophy that's generally called Taksim, which means separation. So their idea was, we get independence from the Brits, and then we split the island. Um, well, now that's the modern interpretation of it, is we split the island and we have two separate republics and we move on with our lives. Back then, they explicitly wanted a partition by Turkey and Greece. So that, that was what they wanted at the time. You know, this settlement kind of worked um, for a little bit. So the, the first president of Cyprus uh, was a gentleman called uh, Makarios, Makarios III. He's an archbishop. And he, I think, I think his, he was an active supporter of Enosis, which, you know, okay, it's not great, but the Turkish Cypriot vice president can just be like, how about no? And he, he eventually starts cooling on the idea of Enosis. Like, he, he's kind of like, is it the biggest priority right now? He looks over at Greece, it has a military dictatorship of the, you know, the people in English, I think, call it the colonel's regime. Yeah. You know, do, do we want to join a military dictatorship? And this pissed off the people who wanted to join a military dictatorship. Uh, and I have bad news about who those people were. It was the army. <laughs> makes in sense. a shocking, shocking twist, <laughs> the yeah. army wanted to join a military dictatorship. So... As much as Turkey is very much the coup country, uh, Cyprus actually had a coup. And they 
they ousted Makarios from office and put in a pro uh, Enosis figure called Nikos Samson, who was so intensely offensive to Turkish sensibilities that their that Turkey issues an ultimatum once he comes into office. And their number one thing is he has to immediately resign and leave the country. Like he has to leave Cyprus. He can never be allowed to set foot on Cyprus ever again, or we will invade the island. <laughs> which is which is some level of offensiveness to yeah. have to Turkish people. He also just looks like every Mediterranean politician who has done a crime. This this man has done a crime, and he's completely fine with it. Hear me out. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm worried, like, we're gonna get a wood in this but he was um so Sam, uh so just a bit of background on Samson. He was a journalist, uh which is already a bad sign, and he was part so the Zurich Agreement uh pardoned basically every paramilitary. So before uh before Britain left, there were paramilitaries from both communities who were like, Brits out, we're gonna shoot you till you leave and then they didn't leave actually they still got a military base on the island to this day yeah and if people and if people are wondering um where the uh saddam hussein can attack britain in 45 minutes shit came from that is based on an estimate where they counted the british military base in cyprus as britain yeah <laughs> i think i remember that, is, that yeah <laughs> y- yeah that is where that comes from so i i, ge- I guess thanks zurich agreement and um, he was should a have, former... They should oh, have sorry. been bolder and said he could have attacked Britain in, like, much shorter time if he just, like, shot one of our boats that we were just, like, having off his coast. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. I mean, at that point, right? Uh, so he, he was also... Par- parachute a bunch of guys into the middle of Baghdad and then start claiming he could, he could attack Britain in literally seconds. <laughs> yeah, at the speed of a bullet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But he was, he was also a member of Aoka, who it's very important we not confuse with Aoka B, who are the later paramilitary. This is the earlier <laughs> right-wing paramilitary who, was, uh, who wanted uh, Enosis. But he was an Aoka militant, and they're your standard right-wing terror group. And Britain, of course, were very keen to pardon every single um, member of it because they were right-wing. Yeah, you makes know? sense. Standard, really. Um, I'm actually just like scrolling through some stuff about Aoka right now, and all of them are just like them progressively getting even more angry at each British person appointed to govern the island because each one was so much worse. They were like, they, they each one progressively treated Turkish people more like people, and they were just too too mad about that. <laughs> so Aoka B is important because they are a paramilitary group. That was formed in 1970, and they were founded by um, a general in uh, a a, um, a Cypriot general who was like, "We might need um, some paramilitaries because it turns out that um, that Turkish Cypriots had paramilitaries and they were quite good at fighting." As it turns out, but Turkey had already issued an ultimatum prior to this sort of big the Samson ultimatum. So in 1967, Turkey issued an ultimatum where they were like, you need to protect these communities more, otherwise we're going to invade the island. Because there had been like a big outbreak of ethnic violence and Turkish people were generally the larger victims of it. 
And so they were like, okay, but we're a guy. So the Treaty of Zurich appointed free guarantor powers, so Turkey, Britain, Greece. And they were allowed to keep a small military presence on the islands, right. uh, which how could that go wrong? But how, how could that go wrong? No one, no one really knows how that could go wrong. Nothing involving the British has ever gone wrong. <laughs> yeah, and, no, and nothing involving Turkey and Greece has ever gone wrong either. And they... Um, what's the, what, how, how, how best to put this? Um, they pretty much immediately started, like, they immediately backed down. Because they were like, uh, yeah. And because and, Turkey were definitely very keen on invading sites for a lot of different reasons. And they didn't really want Britain on there either, but they kind of had to put up with it. They were basically like, you need to ensure the government is being communally neutral. Even though they specifically made the government structure non-neutral. They made, the, they made this communal <laughs> the governing structure completely neutral. One of the weirdest things is that Turkey consistently kept demanding that like, the communities have equal rights. Yeah. And I'm like... Are you sure you want that exactly? That doesn't seem like a great idea given the position that they have. But anyway, so Samson comes to power and he is intensely disliked. He, he's basically the puppet of the Greek hunter. And the Greek hunter are important here because they are uh, they're looking for a win, basically, at this point. It turns out the regime of colonels uh, are not very good at the economy. Uh, they're very good at, like, making NATO happy and stuff like that, but they're not very good at economy. Although, I suppose, technically speaking, on the plus side, they did get rid of the monarchy, so... Well, that's, a, that's a plus. Well, yeah. kinda. They, they, ki they kind of, um... By their complete fumbling of everything, effectively led to Greece becoming a republic. Because they, they kept the king around as, like, uh, a puppet to, to give legitimacy to the coup. Yeah, and the king was like, "No, I wasn't trying to cooperate with them. What? No, I would never cooperate with the fascists. No, not me." Um, and he did actually, in fairness, he did try to uh, do a counter coup, and he was exiled. And then, I believe the hunter would have abolished. Uh, yeah, the hunter abolished the monarchy after 1973. They were like, "Nope, no more." We, we, the, the kings, they're just, they're not, they're not, they're not. Yeah, They're we, not reliable partners. We learned a know. lesson. Yeah, we learned our lesson. But they did keep fumbling. Basically, Greece is fucked at this point. And Greek people are kind of fed up of it. Which is, I suppose, fair. And you, you're like, well, what does this have to do with... Uh, what does this have to do with anything? Well, it turns out that they were looking for a quick and easy win in Cyprus by imposing Samson onto the country and having him effectively act as their puppet to speed up Enosis. Because, you know, if you're a military hunter, nothing makes you look better than expanding your territory. Except communal tensions boiled over in Cyprus, as, as they are wont to do. And various communities started fighting with each other again. And, well, Turkey comes in and are like, Okay, so here's the deal. Samson, he's got to go. He's got to leave the island. Like, it's like, it's like, well, I don't know, I don't remember what, it's like Survivor. It's time to leave the island. <laughs> You're gone. Yes. And, and Turkey basically felt, so the, so the general feeling on both sides, the Greek and the Turkish sides is, 
They are the guarantor of their community's rights on the island. And so they, um, they feel very strongly whenever anyone does anything um, that their people are being screwed and that they're going to act on it. And the, the, the long shot of it is Turkey does issue its ultimatum, which doesn't, well, they, it doesn't really work because this is one of these things where it's kind of difficult to explain, but it wasn't like Turkish people and Greek people in Cyprus, they couldn't really move as freely as they as they um as they wanted. And this was one of the big like agitating factors was that they was that like Turkish people felt like they were being restricted and and all of and all of this other stuff. And Turkey basically had to negotiate with Greece directly to sort of avoid a military confrontation over and over and over again. And it didn't... Re- um, okay, uh, so the main, the, main, um, the main thing that fucked over in terms of freedom of movement people was something called the Carinia Road. So there's a big port in the north of Cyprus called Carinia, and there's Nicosia, which is the capital. And Turkey... Basic, well, the Turkish Cypriots basically controlled it. And that meant that Greek Cypriots felt like their movement was being restricted, but also Turkish people were not allowed really to leave their enclaves and neighbourhoods without it causing some kind of problem. How big is Cyprus? Is it bigger than Malta? Oh, much bigger than Malta. It's okay. a big island. Like you can, I don't think you can see Malta from space. No, I have been to both islands, but I was a very small child when I went to Cyprus, so I was like, am I just, no, maybe it seemed bigger. (laughs) So, uh, Karenia is called Girne in Turkish, if if people know the Turkish name and are wondering what I'm calling it, what it's meant to be called, it's that. Um, that sounds like a value judgment on who was right in the war. Um, it's not, it's not, um, it's really not. So Turkey decides to do a do do a two-pronged attack. So it's called Operation Attila and it's a two-phase operation, but the first phase of it was that Turkey would do an amphibious landing near Karenia, which is the main port. And then they would do a paratrooper landing in Nicosia, which is the capital. Now Turkish sources love to focus on the sea la- on the amphibious landing. Because it went really well. Um, which, yeah, I guess that's why you would want to focus on it. And that's, you know, that's, that's kind of fine. Um, but the air, the paratrooper landing was a fucking debacle of the highest order. Uh, a lot of Turkish soldiers uh, who landed in Nicosia, they landed um, kind of on top of the enemy immediately. They basically, you know, it's like you landed in the middle of the enemy base during broad daylight. Basically, they did it at 6am, so it wasn't broad daylight, but they landed basically in a marching column of Greek Cypriot soldiers who immediately killed, like 120 troops dropped, 93 were killed, and the rest, and I think like 35 managed to escape. Maybe not even, no, not 35, 25 managed to escape. Well, that's not nothing. Yeah, it's not nothing, but also it's a complete fucking shit show. 
But once Turkey it had depends, taken control of... It depends on who those 25 guys are. I mean, yeah. if like some of them are the A-team or James Bond or something, you're probably going to get some like something done, you know? Yeah, has there been a, a dope film about this, about this yeah. situation? Um, about this? There probably has been, I would imagine. But they, um, they, so Turkey basically expands its beachhead and... If, that, if there um, hasn't been a film about it, we could probably talk Jared Butler into it fairly easily. Yeah. <laughs> Is he not a million years old now? Well, that's it. One last hurrah. You he's, still, he's still doing fucking, like, action films. His latest one's just called Kandahar, so I'm sure it's going to be good. Oh. But, so, so the first phase of the invasion is a, is a great success. Uh, they, they control 7% of the island. They control the key things they need to sort of reinforce their troops, which is probably quite important. They, the Greek hunter basically is teetering on the brink of collapse because they've embarrassed themselves so badly. So there are like two there are like there are two angles to this. I there's one really funny angle, which is that people love to claim that uh that uh that NATO has prevented Turkey and Greece from like fighting each other militarily. No, there were Greek force there were Greek forces. Like there were Greek colonels, ironically, leading the um leading the Cypriot army against Turkey. So Turkey and Greece have, in fact, been in direct conflict with each other, and had a basically had a war with each other over an island. And the other thing is, there were obviously Greek soldiers on the island, and they they had like an elite force that besieged uh, the Turkish um, like neighborhood in Nicosia. So they they had like an elite force that did that, but the elite force basically melted immediately. <laughs> It it turns out the elite force was elite for Cyprus, but not for like, cause the, cause I think that the main battle tank of Cyprus's army at the time was a T thirty four. This is nineteen seventy four, by the way. So these are like old T thirty fours the Soviet Union were trying to shift at this point. I wish Turkey had like one. yeah, t- Turkey had like pretty uh pretty hench uh American equipment at the time, so. You know, it's just uh, just the way it goes, I guess. And so, so stage one is done, and the uh, the Samson government is cooed pretty quickly because everyone has realised how badly they fucked it. So there, um, so there was a a gentleman called Glavkos Clarides who um who takes over. And he he's immediately like, we need to immediately sue for peace with Turkey because this is uh, this is perhaps not going to um, this is not going to go well in the long run. And it it did not it did not work. Uh, it t- it turns out because Tur- Turkey's demands basically weren't met quickly enough. So he just immediately so so edge of it orders the second phase of uh, Operation Attila. Which takes it to forty percent of the island. There's no, there's basically no military resistance at this point because Turkey has a beachhead; it can supply its troops. There are also like uh, communal paramilitaries, so supporting yeah. the Turkish army. So it's pretty much, it's pretty much done. And Turkey's goal was to carve out like a section of the island for Turkish Cypriots, and they, and because of the war, and this will sound familiar. 
what one of the ways that they sort of agreed to sort of stop fighting was uh, if the communities swapped places, <laughs> they've done it again. Yeah. This is a country that has one idea. <laughs> it is unable to progress past this one idea, which is that we should, which is that people should simply move. <laughs> yeah, just hit the bricks. Yeah, exactly. This is like it's 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 one of these ridiculous things that keeps cropping up where they're like, oh, there's ethnic, there's like people in various ethnic enclaves. We have a really in- interesting idea. What if people moved into homogeneous ethno states? What then? Would that solve the tensions? I don't think it would, but... You know. No, but it would move the tensions around a bit, and a change yeah, is exactly. as good as a rest. Yeah, exactly. It, it just, it, you know, it keeps it fresh, I guess. Yeah. I'm trying to find the Attila 2 notes. I'm trying to look if Cyprus has ever had a good Eurovision entry, and I don't think they have. Um, <laughs> last year, they just had that lad who was, like, on stage with a, just without his shoes and socks on, and I was like, this isn't right. <laughs> but everybody no, thought weird. he was very handsome. Well, um, barefoot is legal. I know, but no, it just it's... it feels weird. Yeah. It feels weird to do on stage at Eurovision. Well, well, my faves from Moldova did it, but that's because Pasha Parfenia is an old hand at Eurovision, and so he knows that stage well enough to be on there with a naked foot. <laughs> I don't know about this about this handsome Cypriot man. Yeah, he's kind of handsome. Well, while you're while you're all like fucking no way researching stuff, I'm just staring at that one handsome man you posted in the Discord. <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh God. But- Lots of handsome Cypriot guys, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. What are they? What are they putting in that Mediterranean food? Not enough yeah, butter. Mean, Not enough butter to make you look like a big be- beige blob. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you compare it to the uh, to the Turkish um, leader of the time, and I think this is a picture of him at the time. Who? Com- who? Compare it to the British YouTuber in the fucking portable. <laughs> <laughs> the fun man, as I took to call again. Yeah. But yeah, this is the most Turkish-looking man of the 70s. It is, to there. be fair. Like. The moustache. moustache. Yeah, he, I think he had that when he was Prime Minister. The, so this guy was Prime Minister in the 70s, and then he comes back in the 90s to 2000s. Did he still have the moustache? Hopefully oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, absolutely he did. Let me see if I can find the like later picture of Bilant Ejibit. Now, all of these pictures are of him when he's young. And he actually look—he actually looks like he's um, having a really nice time in this picture of him when he's young. He's the guy on the right, which is ironic. Um, he looks like he's having a pretty nice time. Um, <laughs> this is a great picture. Yeah, this I'm is... trying to find one of him when he's old. Um, Sorry for the, for the lack of this being a visual entertainment yeah, this medium. Is, yeah, this is this is not a visual medium, but this is also him with George W. Bush. Um, so that's <laughs> that's him when he was old. This is just before dying. He at least looks repulsed. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he doesn't he doesn't look pleased, but he was also in coalition with a fascist party. So you know, rip. And, and he was oddly the leader of uh, a party called the Democratic Left Party. And of course, he immediately went into alliance with a fascist party. Did he? Um, did he ever visit that guy's grave? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> actually, that's a good question. But also, this is him meeting Dick Cheney. He doesn't Fucking look repulsed hell. here. No, he looks doesn't. He looks he looks pleased. Yeah, Grim. Um, we do not stand. Hold on, hold on. Let me look up. Uh, let me see because he's actually he's actually the one person who I would tolerate from this party visiting the grave because he did vote against the execution. Like 
I would, I would the concept tolerate. Of, let's have a vote about the execution. Is no, but that was the thing. That was to me. That was the yeah. thing in Turkey at the time. Because if the courts decided uh, to execute someone, um, it, the t- at the time the requirement was that Parliament had to approve it, which meant that every death penalty that was handed down by a court had to have a parliamentary vote. Simple majority, live or die. And you'll never guess which side of the political spectrum got executed more often under this system. <laughs> shocking. Yeah, shocking. Very occasionally, a, a right-winger would get executed. And they'd be like, what do you mean? Just because we executed 372 leftists and only two right-wingers doesn't mean that we're biased. It's a completely fair and democratic system. Yeah. Maybe it's just because yeah. people who are left-wing do cooler crimes, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> really, yeah. I mean, to be fair, kidnapping... I mean... Ex- assassinating the Israeli consul and then kidnapping British and Canadian NATO personnel is very cool. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, not that I would endorse doing it's it, but it is just objectively very certainly cool. cooler I than would. having a fucking <laughs> protracted meltdown about, like, pronouns or whatever the right get up to. <laughs> just imagining Bilal Ejimit being like, fucking Cyprus! Just, like, <laughs> losing his shit about Cyprus. It's boring! I'm sick of doing <laughs> operations on this island! Just, like, having a meltdown on Turkish TV and then riding it to a landslide victory at the next election. I mean, he did win the next one, but I guess that's spoilers for later on. Can I? Can you spoil the past? I'm not sure. <laughs> well, you can't really you... spoil the future, can you? Yeah. Just, just well, y- if you're gonna listen to the bonus episode, here's a <laughs> <laughs> here's here's a word for word repeat of the bonus episode. <laughs> Too bad for me. Um... <laughs> oh no. I also I dislike how Nikos Sampson looks in this picture of him. Actually, I dis I dis I dislike the the fact that it kind of kind of looks good. I have to admit, um, it's the Johnny Berry angle in it. Yeah, yeah. And also, did they make these patches by hand? I, I don't want an Aoka patch. To be clear, I don't like ethnofascists. But like, wait, hold on. Why is his wife one of the related searches? And did his did his wife actually look good? Is I don't know. Does, is is she hot? <laughs> uh, so I guess I this kind of very unleftist of us, but also yeah. here she is. Uh, here she is. Very um, very problematic behavior for this podcast. No, she looks <laughs> yeah. cool. She does look really cool. Yeah. Uh, shame she was married to a fascist, but yeah. Is this her? No, um, no. I thought that was like a modern picture of her. I think she may have been like, I think she might be dead. Um, also, I've just seen like, I've just seen like a Turkish website sort of like, oh, wistfully talking about those were the days when we were invading Cyprus. Yeah, we didn't have curry. And like, we, you know what I mean? We, we didn't eat pasta. Yeah. But also, this is a real quote. If you're wondering like, whether, like, who the good guys were in this war? The answer is kind of no one. But also, here is a quote from Nikos Sampson. Apparently, uh, had Turkey not intervened, I would have not only proclaimed a gnosis, I would have annihilated the Turks of Cyprus. Is okay. not ideal, I would say. But yeah, um, but a lot of people like to frame so so. In English, this is called the uh, Turkish invasion of Cyprus, because that is what happened. Turkey did send troops into Cyprus from Turkey. That is materially what happened. In Turkey, it's called the peace operation. 
<laughs> which is incredible. You know, you know, like uh, Putin it, being like we're doing a special military operation and stuff. International historians, much more from the Ron Seal school of naming things. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not sure that you could strictly call it the peace operation when you sent in troops to invade an island. Does it? Does it help? Does it help the peace situation? Um, well, we've got peace at home. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, to be fair, to be fair, calling it the peace operation is something that like loon nationalists. Do. It's not like it's not like a. Well, I would say that's not a mainstream thing. Then I realized we were talking about Turkey, so it is in fact a mainstream thing. That is, but like, it is just called the 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 Cyprus Operation or Cyprus Movement, if you like. But yeah, the code name was Operation Attila, which I do find. But the, uh, if you're interested, in the Cypriot uh, operation. So the, the Cypriot plan was as soon as they saw heard that Turkey had landed on the island, they would uh, immediately just attack Turkish Cypriot enclaves. That was their plan, was to just attack so quickly. And overwhelming, overwhelm the Turkish Cypriots so quickly that they wouldn't have any like military base in, in, on a lot of the island. The problem is, and this is true, they publicly announced the plan Incredible. to everyone on the island. And uh, their plan was called the Aphrodite plan, which I think is very fitting because it's Cyprus, right? Makes sense. But they announced it to everyone on the island. And so what the Turkish people did was they just fortified their their neighborhoods and built I, like anti-tank I like positions. How the, I like how the plan to be like, let's just go and make sure people don't die. They called the fucking Attila plan, and the yeah. plan to go and beat the shit out of everyone. They called the Aphrodite plan. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, that is the yeah. It's it, it is funny because there because this often like Operation Attila is also a World War Two operation. Um, which is, and you'll never guess which side uh, Operation Attila was coined by. Yeah, not um, one of the good ones. Was it the um, French? It, it was. Well, actually, it does involve the French in a kind of a funny, mm-hmm. um, kind of a funny way. It was um, basically the German plan for uh, to eventually occupy Vichy France properly. So to like dissolve their government and be like, yeah, yeah okay. The French have had enough playtime with being an actual country. It's time to stop that nonsense now. Um, which, I mean, France, is, France, frankly, has done enough. I think it's time to exit the stage, but not under the Nazis. Exit the stage in a different I don't know, like, I mean, I, I quite like France just purely for the, when their firemen set themselves ahead and, like, Yeah, I'm pro, I'm very, I'm pro France, you've been outnumbered. I'm, I'm, yeah. Well, the thing is, I'm pro France, French workers' militancy. I am anti-French uh, post-colonial action, where they keep all their former colonies in debt and stuff. Yeah, well, well, when, yeah, but the thing is, right, is that we live in Britain, constantly. so we're not allowed yeah. to have an opinion about that. <laughs> Yeah. Although, yeah. When we I say know, does... when we say France, we mean the people of France, not yes. the government. Yes, that's right. Yeah, that is the key distinction that is important to make. Yeah. So if you're wondering, um, uh, if if you're wondering who won the war, um, weirdly it would probably be Turkey, uh, because eventually the communities do the thing. The Turk, the Turkey did the thing where they force communities to move. And they declare the Turkish Republic of North Cyprus, which no that, one recognizes. Yeah, they can't. They love it. Turkey is addicted to two things: military coups and forcing communities to move. 
into more homogenous groups. And yeah, if you and also this is the probably the the one of the more interesting things is that a rare it's a rare instance of Britain refusing to get involved in military action on the on the demands of one of its allies because Turkey did ask Britain to join in the invasion. I assume there was said, no in it for us though, right? Yeah. Well, they well Turkey tried to be like uh you know, I uh, where's you know, you should you should be you need to help us ensure the government is communally neutral. And also, what if the Cypriots ask you to leave? What then? And Britain's like, no one's going to ask us to leave. That'd be ridiculous. Who would ever yeah. ask us to leave? It's not like we've been consistently asked for hundreds of years to leave places. We will simply just uh, not hear the not hear the request and yeah. then problem solved. Pretend, pretend yeah. we do not see it. And then when the people asking us to leave look out the window, there's Americans everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Brit- there's British um, Dracula. Like, I think I'll do Americans about this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do also. So, um, in British colonies, they, um, they would have like big banners that say "Disperse or we will shoot," <laughs> and they did have these in Cyprus. And I do always like these pictures uh, because it's very strange seeing one with like English, uh, Greek, and Turkish on it. Yeah, just like being like "Disperse or we will shoot," and it's just they're driving around and like. A vehicle that is clearly going to struggle to go up hill. I was just thinking it looks cute. (laughs) It looks it looks like the kind of thing they would have in Japan, but like obviously it's evil because it's British now. Yeah. It's it's full of squaddies, so presumably the presumably the fucking like bed of that truck is absolutely fucking disgusting. Yeah. Mm. Just half dissolved biscuits everywhere, you know? Yeah, so if you're if you're wondering what like the aftermath was, uh, Bilan Ejevit, who was Prime Minister of Turkey, he basically looked like the best leader in Turkish history and led and led his party to the best result for any party that called itself left of centre in Turkish history. But we'll, cool. we'll, but there was more to it than that. But it was a it was a big I know, deal. I noticed she said called itself left of centre. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. They they they. Uh, this is the party that executed those boys. So I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying, yeah, like, I, I actually, they changed, um, I'm pretty sure they're going to stop calling themselves left of centre pretty soon. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's going to be over as a result of Turkish Keith fucking it really badly. So thanks, Turkish Keith. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to fair, they, like they were fucking any good anyway. They called themselves social Democrats. That's enough to tell you what was wrong, <laughs> what was going wrong and what was wrong. Uh, but the Greek hunter completely collapsed because they were so utterly humiliated by uh, by their defeat. They they ceased existing. Yeah. They, they, hunter Roll's worst attempt to unify territory <laughs> ever asked to leave government. <laughs> That's what happened there. <laughs> so yeah, good for Greece. They get they get a transition to democracy where they constantly elect a right-wing party called New Democracy until they stop doing that, elect the Pan-Hellenic Socialist movement called PASOK, who then completely fuck it with austerity and get replaced by Syriza, who completely fuck it with austerity. And now we're back at New Democracy. For once, you mention a thing from, like, history that I've actually heard of, because because, just purely because of the fucking, like, amount of time David brings it up on practice cast. Yeah. (laughs) God, imagine if Labour does pasok itself. That would be yeah. fucking great. Ah, oh, well, I guess on that cheery note... Imagine if Godzilla let... rolls out of the sea and just kicked London into fucking pieces. 
God, could you imagine the London? Could you imagine the London versus North discourse if Godzilla <laughs> did that? It'd be great because there'd be no Londoners left. God, God, yeah. Godzilla in a Newcastle shirt, just kicking the fucking like shard up and down the up and down the street. It's, it's incredible to imagine Godzilla as like an endorser of the Saudi regime. <laughs> By implication of that, ah, like, uh, well, it's been a blast. But we have to let Jamie go. It's been a shorter episode. We because to be honest, I don't find war history very interesting. But yeah. people would have yelled at me if we hadn't done an episode about it. So there you go. Okay. Uh, yeah. So Lila, thanks for joining us. That's all right. Do, do you have anything that you need to plug or tell us about or anything that you're doing or what? Um, like... I stream when I feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you can follow me on Twitch at Leechwifey. Uh, you can also you can also be my new friend on neopets.com at the same username. <laughs> and I, I if you like... want to be on, insulted on Twitter, I'm also available for this for this service. Is it, is it a free service or do people have to pay? I don't, I, 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 you know, just, just so people know. Uh, you know it, depends, it just depends what mood I'm in. I think. Yeah, Don- <laughs> yeah donations okay. are That's welcome. Fair. I assume. Yeah. 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 Just. Paying Lila to craft the most cutting insult possible, but about <laughs> someone else. That would actually be a really good service to do now, I think about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I'm very skint at the moment due to moving house, so I might have to think about it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if, so yeah, there you go. If you, if you would like your own personal crafted insult, you know where to go. Uh, as for us, we'll be on the bonus episode that we've recorded in the past, but is in the future. I'm not here. on it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Just, you, you didn't see, like, the will to live leave my body, as that was said, you know? But thank you so you, much, Lila, Honestly, for Lila, on. you should be the next Doctor Who. It would be fucking incredible. <laughs> uh, but Lila, thanks for coming on. We're going to be on a streak of having guests because, Ben, they have a job, apparently. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know this. They they really sprung it on us that they have to job. exchange their they have to exchange their labor for money or something. Yeah. I don't know. Is, does it, has anyone written about this? Um. Anyway, <laughs> if they have, uh, I haven't read it. Yeah, I certainly haven't. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, everyone. We'll catch you on the bonus and on the next main episode. If you're not joining us there, see ya. Bye. Bye.